All right. Give it up for the worship team, can you? Praise the Lord. What a great job today. Welcome, greetings. Y'all look so good. Y'all ready for the fourth? Man, yeah. All right. I am ready. Awesome. Um, so, man, I got, a, I got kind of a sermon title a while back. That it was. That's not this. I'm, I'm going to preach out of Genesis, the 26th chapter, and um, for the next three or four weeks, uh, just on on God's provision in weak times. All right. And so uh, I was going to name. I wanted to name it Gen 26 because you know Gen X and Gen Y and Gen all these different Gens. So um, yeah, thank you, thank you, Daniel. I think he's thanking me for not naming it that. Um, so I was in prayer one morning, and I thought, this blessed assurance would be kind of cool. And uh, Janie, well, later on that day, I, a couple of our team members had said, hey, could you get Pastor to change that title? That just doesn't, like, that's just not flowing good. And she didn't tell me about it in my prayer. Uh, blessed assurance. I started singing the song. And then she, we were not together. And then we were together. And then she starts singing blessed, blessed assurance. I thought, well, that's confirmation. And then we turned the radio on. And they were playing something else. <laughs> so, but later, we turned the radio on. And they were playing blessed assurance for Janie, but not for me. So I hope, I hope today blesses you. I also hope the sermon series blesses you. I know some of you will be traveling. You can watch online. By the way, can we give it up for our, our online watchers today, those checking in? God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. We have a lot of people traveling. We have a lot of people that watch online. A blessed assurance. Genesis, the 26th chapter. If you're not doing anything this week, you may want to read it a couple times through. You'll see some amazing things on how God really assures us that his blessings will flow in our life. Now, there was a family famine in the land besides the former famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Gerar to Abimelech, king of the Philistines. And the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. Dwell in the land of which I shall tell you. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with you and bless you for you and your offspring. I will give all these lands and will establish the oath that I swore to Abraham, your father. I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven. I will give to your offspring all these lands, and in your offspring all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's true. We thank you that it's alive. We thank you that it's reliable. We thank you, Lord, that it gives us life, and we can act on it, we can live by it, and we can walk in it. Thank you for the great people out here today, those watching online today and later this week. We pray blessings upon them, Father. We pray, Lord, for their blessed assurance be found in you. In Jesus' name we pray, and the church said, amen. So uh, let's go to verse 1 for just a second, Jason. Now, there was a famine in the land. I want you to see that. I want you to, I want you to know that because there's, a, there, there's famines that have taken place in the land. You can go back to the home screen now because I want to talk about that. So sometimes there's a desert place. There's a waste place. There's a wandering place. There's a place where we think, am I supposed to be here? Is this where I'm supposed to be at this point in time? And there was a famine in the land, not the same famine that Abraham went through. By the way, Abraham went through a famine. Jacob went through a famine. 
famine. Uh, 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 Isaac went through a famine. Joseph went through a famine. So if these great, 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 great men of God went through famines, you might go through a famine as well. There might be a time in your life, there might be a season in your life where you just aren't hitting on all cylinders. Or it could be a, a national film. It could be a drought in California. It could be a, a firestorm. It could be a hurricane on the East Coast. It could be a tornado in the Midwest. It could be uh, in a third world country. It could just be lack of food and water. We really truly don't know how blessed we really are in America. I see church signs when I travel up and down the highway, God bless America. I think God has already blessed America. It's time for America to start blessing God. It, it's time for the church to rise up and not be right or left, not be in or out, but look up above and say, God, thank you for the blessings that you've given us now. Let us be responsible with those blessings so that our freedom that is found in Christ can be continued to be freedom and love towards one another, that if we live together with one another, love one another, they too will then follow Christ. We need to stop saying, bless America. <laughs> he has. America is blessed, church. We are truly blessed. And if you travel abroad at all, you will see how blessed America really is. In fact, we're so blessed, we're a little selfish. We're a little stingy. We're a little arrogant. We're a little forward. We're a little spoiled. And I don't want to be the spoiled child anymore. I want to be the child that becomes mature and knows what to do with the resources that God has given us. Can you say Amen. And so this blessed assurance, this famine that was in the land that um, uh, Isaac had, he, he's thinking it through. And maybe you've been in a place, maybe you're in a place right now where you say, I, I don't know what to do. I, I don't have a job or the job doesn't pay enough. Or I have two jobs and I need a third job. But i got to stay home with the kids. Or I'm in school, but I don't know what school to go to. I'm in Hickory, North Carolina for the summer playing baseball. Lord, what do you have next to for me? Uh, maybe it's a famine. Maybe it's something that you just don't, you're not totally in touch, but you think you know what to do. And so Isaac thought he knew what to do. He was a product of his father, and his father went. In fact, God's words to Abraham were this, go. That's it. That's all he, go. I need you to go. Abraham said, where am I going? I'll tell you when you get there, just go. So he left all his family. He left all his finances. He left all his resources. He left everything he had, and he left home, and he went. And God blessed him because of that. So this is the genealogy. This is the, this is the legacy. This is the heritage of what Isaac is. Well, my dad went. I need to probably go as well. And because he thought that way, because sometimes the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, well, if dad went, I'm going to go. See, to Isaac, Abraham wasn't Abraham, father of many nations. He was just dad. He was just papa. He was a guy that he grew up with. He was the guy that he saw live this thing day in and day out. Well, if dad went, then I must need to go too. And so he said, I'm going to go down and talk to, and to Gerar. I'm going to talk to the Philistines. Why? Because there's not a famine in that land right now. They have food. They have water. They have substance. They have all these things that we can enjoy. I need preservation for my family. I need to go. And God says, don't go. Don't you go down there. And sometimes God in our life tells us not to do something that is the very obvious thing for us to do. He says, don't go. Can we see that in verse 2? I think it's in verse 2, Jason. 
It's not on there for some reason. And the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. Dwell in the land, which I shall tell you. Same thing he told his dad, but he told his dad to go, and he's telling him now to stay. And sometimes we think about things in the life of a family or the life of assurance. Well, if I just do what dad did or if I just do what he did, if I learn from that person altogether good things, not bad at all. But if we don't put God first and say, God, what would you have me to do? See, eventually the Israelites are going to end up in Egypt anyways. Joseph ends up there, and then the whole family of 70 comes in. 400 years later, there's about 675,000 that come out, all right, maybe up to a million. We're not sure, but they're preserved. But if Isaac does it too early, the time frame of preservation would run out. And so God knows this because he knows the end from the beginning. And so if God's telling you today, don't go, don't do that. Yeah, but this job's going to pay me more money or this relationship's better or this house is better. All these things that we reason and we do it for a smart way. We're like, man, um, God, you've given me intellect. You've given me wisdom. I know I need to reason these things out. This makes the most sense. If God tells you don't go, then don't go. And God might be telling somebody here today, don't go, don't do it, just wait, put a hold on it. He tells Abraham to go, he tells Isaac to stay, he tells Jacob to run, and he tells Joseph to hide. God will tell you what he needs to tell you for such a time as this, when it's appropriate, if you put him first. And so God just as clearly as can be, do not go. And it made all the sense in the world to go. That's where the food was. That's where the fruit was. That's where the vegetables were. That's where work was. Well, I've got to go there. I, I don't know how many people I've talked to in our 15 years here that have said, I don't know why I'm in Hickory. I'm just here. We're like, really? I just talked to a couple on Thursday night. They left their home in Ohio several years ago. They got in a camper and they drove. Ten months later, having never been to the Hickory Morganton area of North Carolina, having never been to North Carolina at all, they parked their camper, bought a house, and stayed. Like, who does that? God is drawing people to North Carolina for some reason. God is bringing people in for some reason to Hickory area of North Carolina. Why is it? I don't know, all right? But they're not staying, they're coming. But you might need to stay. Don't go. See, it's, I think it's a, it's a lesson here, and it's simple, of how we can just learn and hear from God. If we just obey the voice of the Lord, if we just walk in his holy presence, if we understand that he, this is where God tells us. So he says this, you'll dwell in the land of which I give you. That is simple obedience. Obedience is easy. In fact, I wrote the, I read the, wrote the definition down. Obedience is this. Obedience, um, let me find it. Obey. To obey, comply with the command, direction, or request of a person or a law, submit to the authority thereof. So just obey. All you have to do is obey. 
Oh, oh, but it's hard to obey. No, it's really not hard to obey at all. You just listen to what God has to say. Let's, let's go to Amos for a second. Amos 8.11 says this, talking about famines. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread nor of thirst of water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. I believe we are in that famine right now. I believe there's many people that you come in contact with on a daily basis that have their own theory, their own philosophy, their own way of doing things, and they don't care what the, what the Word of God says. They don't care what the Bible says because they've tried to disprove it. They say, it's, it's foreign. It's, it's Old Testament. It's New Testament. It's, it's not really real. But see, it's because the church hasn't been giving the life-giving Word to people like it should. We judge people with the word of God. You're going to go to hell. And we act kind of excited about it. Damn them people to hell right now in Jesus' name. No. Jesus came to die for those people. He, he came that you would have life and they would as well. Yeah, but they didn't vote the way I did, Pastor. <laughs> they shouldn't have voted at all based on what was. Oh, forget it. Never mind. <laughs> We're not going to get political. <laughs> Fourth of July. Not worth it. There is a famine of the word. We have inspirational speakers. We have motivational speakers. We have theological speakers. We just don't have a lot of word people. And if you're getting your word on Sundays, you're going to be dry and destitute by the time you get here. Like if you just eat one meal a week, you're not, it's, it's not going to last. Listen, we should be in our word every day. And that word should be life-giving and encouraging. And, and it's, it's about things that we can do. When I, when I first gave my heart to the Lord, it was about all these things I couldn't do. I can't do this anymore, and I, I can't do that anymore, and I can't do that. And, man, I can't do that. And I didn't realize it went from religious tradition to, to legalism, and, and both were bad. And I needed God just to free me up. Like Marcus said, we are free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You are free in Christ Jesus today. You are free. But not only are you free, hear this, because a lot of people like that, not only are you free, you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. So the old person is now passed away. The new person now rises up and becomes new in Christ Jesus. So we're new people, but there is a famine in the land. And if we go to the place where God will send us, then that's called obedience. God, what do you want me to do? Well, I want to read your word. What are some things that we can obey God in? Okay, well, we can read our word. Well, I'm not a Bible thumper pastor. I, you know, too many these and thous. Well, get a, get a better translation. Get the Passions translation. Get the Holman Bible. Get the, the Message Bible. Get a translation that reads to you. Yeah, but they took out the blood and all that. Stop for a second. If you'll read the word of God, God's word will bless you you'll find a translation that works for you. And as you find a translation that works for you, it may be referred to. I still have my old King James Bible, 1999, December 25th. My wife bought me a King James Bible. It's upstairs in my office. I pull it off the shelf every now and then because I just want to check. Sometimes I like the verbiage. Sometimes I like the, the quoting of it. But I don't really preach out of it because I'm in the 21st century now. And King James killed his mom. And I have a little odd against him anyway, so feel like, you know, not, not good to preach out of King James on Mother's Day, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> so be careful what you're boycotting. Be careful what you're standing against because God has a way of bringing things around. So I'm going to give you a couple things that the scripture tells us right here. 
Let's go back to verse 2 for a second. So the first one he says, do not go. Somebody needs to write that down. But the first one is dwell where I tell you. That's just simply obedience. Listen, we're going to use the scriptures today just to, just to give you a little outline. Those who obey God. The, he says it throughout scriptures, obedience is so much better than sacrifice. We, we try to make amends. We try to make up. Well, God, you've told me to do this. I didn't do it, but I'll go back and, and do this, almost like a form of penance. You don't have to do penance. Just walk freedom in Christ, but just do what Jesus says. Where do we find out what Jesus says? In the scriptures, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Read, the, read just the gospels. Just read them over and over and over. Read the red parts if you don't want to read anything else. Just read what Jesus said and life will come to you. Okay, let's go to verse number three then for a second. Verse number three, he says, and I will be with you. That's the second promise. That's security, okay? He, knowing that Jesus is with you should make you the most secure person in the world. There's a lot of insecurity in people. There's a lot of insecurity, and it's all because of, well, I shouldn't say, a lot of it is because of social media. We see how, much, how successful somebody else says they are on social media. We see how successful people, successful people are in Hollywood or in politics or maybe the neighbor down the street, and we feel insecure. I'm not matching up. You are who you are by the grace of God. Paul says that. Paul wasn't insecure. Paul knew who he was. Paul was shipwrecked and beaten, left in the deep, turned on by his friends, family members, had to take care of seven or eight churches. He knew who he was. You don't need insecurity. You are secure in Christ Jesus. When this thing's over with, you're going to spend eternity with him. That's a win as far as I'm concerned. Even Jesus said, don't worry about what somebody can do to you here be concerned what the Father can do to you there. In other words, Pastor, should I not be afraid? You should not be afraid. We have a little place up in the mountains, and uh, Janie doesn't like me walking the dog at night because there's bear up there. And we've seen bear. And I tell her all the time, <laughs> a bear better be scared of me, honey. I'm just telling you. Mark, there's bear out there. I know there is. And Bo, and Bo's not going to protect you. No, I know he won't. He runs. He sees little bunny rabbits, and he's darting off. He'll pull your shoulder out. Just, I saw a bunny. He's gone. But he sniffs like he's a, and he has the best bark in the world, right? But if he sees a bear, and I said, honey, I'll protect Bo. No, that's not the point. I, I don't want the bear getting you. I'm, I'm, the bear's not going to get me. And if he does, I'll see you on the other side. I don't want that either, she says. Listen, know who you are in Christ Jesus. You've got to use wisdom. Be secure, though. Listen, in, a, in the world today, there is just a lot of insecurities taking place. There's a, it's brought on by anxieties and anxiousness and what if I don't do it good? What if I don't do it right? What if I don't do it the, the way I'm supposed to? Hey, just try. A righteous man falls seven times but gets up after everyone. We have to know who, we, who is our security, Christ Jesus. I will be with you. Turn to somebody and say, he's with me. He's with me. He is with me. And then, then what's he say next? And then he says, and I'll bless you. Oh, come on, we, we love blessings, right? I mean, honestly, we, we love blessings. I preach on blessings. I preach against blessings. I preach for blessings. I preach you shouldn't live for blessings. You should live for Jesus. But the fact of the matter is, as a father, I want my children blessed. As a father, I want my children blessed so that they can bless my grandchildren. 
As a father, I want to see them do good, not only good, I want to see them do better than me. God is our father. He wants to see you do good. He's not a mean dad. He's not going to sit you in a corner. He's not going to say shame on you. He may bring instruction. He may bring correction. But the ultimate goal is he wants to bless you. And I, would, I believe that. We pray that over our kids. We pray that over our grandbabies. We pray that over our church. Father, would you bless our church? Well, what's some of the ways you can be blessed, Pastor? Well, you can be blessed by, by walking together in unity as a household. Where there's unity, God commands the blessing, even life evermore. Blessing, in this case, is a reward. It's a reward for those who diligently seek after God. So if I'm reading my Bible, if I'm diligently seeking after God, like I don't know what that means to you. To me, it's making priority. God first in the morning, first in my life. Being first in everything I do and then being the best husband I can be, then being the best father I can be, then being the best friend I can be, and then finally being the best pastor I can be. Yes, in that order. Why? Because God's number one. God is first and foremost. But I want his blessings not so I can show off. I want his blessings to know that he's proud of me. I want his blessings to know that, hey, man, God, God, you're seeing. You're looking at us. And if I'm never, ever blessed any more than I am blessed right now, which is magnificently blessed, but if God took everything away tomorrow, or the enemy came in like Job and stole everything from me tomorrow, I'm still going to call him Lord because I don't serve him for the blessings. <laughs> That's just a byproduct of who God is. He's a blesser. He's my father. Jesus is my friend. I'm joint heirs with Christ Jesus. We're in this thing together. He's a blessing. The blessing is reward. And then he says, I will bless your children. Oh, it just gets better. It just gets better. I don't have to write the checks anymore. God's going to write them. I will bless your children. The same promises that he made to Abraham, he's making to Isaac, and he's telling Isaac this because Isaac wants to go to a land of famine or because of the famine. He wants to go to a land that looks good. Maybe you want to go to that job that looks good. Maybe you want that relationship that looks good. Maybe you want that place that looks good. And God says, that's not there. It's not where it's at. It's right here where I have you. I'll show you where I need you to go. And if you go, I'm going to bless you. Not only you, I'm going to bless your children. We would call that a heritage. Nothing better than seeing your kids blessed. Nothing better than God just pouring. But, yeah, but, Pastor, I mean, it's, it's, they're not being blessed yet. They're, I mean, they're, they're, they're into some stuff that they shouldn't be. All right, well, so Abraham was told to go. Isaac was told to stay. Jacob was a cheater. By the way, Abraham and Isaac each lied not to their wives but about their wives. I'm going to tell you you're my sister because you're pretty good looking. And if they know you're my wife, they might kill me and marry you. So you're going to be my sister. And Abimelech said, why in the world did you lie to us, Isaac? Well, because I was, I was a little afraid. I thought maybe you guys would kill me. And then you would have brought, he said, then you would have brought trouble on our whole tribe. He knew God's word better than Isaac knew God's word. So what do we got to do? Walk in God's word. So they both lied. And then Jacob cheated for the birthright. And Joseph's the only one that we're aware of that did anything right. He got thrown in a pit, then in prison. And for 13 years, he kind of built himself up, got tore down, built himself up, got tore down, built himself up, got tore down. Until finally, he's second in command of where? 
Egypt. Isaac, don't go there yet. I've got a plan for your grandson. And God might be telling you the same thing. Don't go there yet, but your family's going to get it. Your grandbaby's going to get it. Your grandchild's going to get it. Your great-grandchild's going to get it. So there's a heritage there. So first of all, we see obedience, and we see security, then we see reward. Now we see heritage, and then he says, I will give you all the lands. <laughs> Think, he's, I'm going I'm to give you and your offspring all these lands. You're going somewhere because you want a quick fix. I'm going to give everything to you here. You're trying to backdoor somebody, but God's got this big, beautiful picture for you, but you just have to walk in faithful obedience, do what God says, and let everything else take its course, and God's going to bless you because that's what God does. He blesses people. He loves people. He works with people. He's a, he's a blessing to And then the, the most important one maybe here. And I will establish the oath that I swore to Abraham, your father. That's covenant. That's covenant. So when the Old Testament talks about covenant, there's always blood involved. There's a blood covenant. And the blood involved would be that there's a sacrifice. Because of the sacrifice, because there's blood, then there's a covenant form. Jesus Christ came, shed his blood on the cross, died for you and for me, and that became a blood covenant that was restored our fellowship into relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So if we accept the blood covenant that Jesus poured out for us, then we have a reward, a renewed relationship with Jesus Christ. And then not only that, but then God starts to repair other relationships for us. He starts to do things. And God's all about establishing a covenant. Deuteronomy 8, 17, 18 says the same thing to the Israelites. You think your might and your power have gotten for you this well. In other words, you kind of read, it's good to read on, I like, I like reading the stories of like sports owners. Quarterback's good, but the guy who owns the team, like that's top, that's top shelf, right? I mean, that's all right. If you can pay somebody 50 million a year, you probably got, you got the goods. And so I, I like reading on them, and then I like reading investment people. I'm like, man, what are they? It's, that's, that's, like, that's just amazing. But the covenant that you have with God is even greater. It's like the covenant that God, it's eternal. It's an eternal reward that God has given you, and he established it. So the, some people will say, you know, I've done this myself. I went to this school, this university. I got this degree, and that's good. That's, that, that's amazing. God does that. That's good stuff. It's good for, for infilling. It's good for wisdom. And it's good that God blesses people in that realm. But God says in Deuteronomy 8 and 18, but it is me that's given you that wealth. So that my uh, covenant will be established with you. So God blesses his children. And, and, and in, this, in this congregation today are future just owners of businesses and millionaires and all. And if you want, you want it, you just grab it in Jesus' name. Oh, okay, pastor's preaching on name it and claim it and blab it and grab it. And I can't go to this church because that's all he's preaching on. No, you missed the whole point. Through God, you have access to all his riches to all his health, to all his, to all his wealth, to all his uh, emotion, to all his relationships. You, you have access to all these things in God. 
So why do we shortchange ourselves and say, this is as good as it's going to get? My relationship's not going to get any better. My health's not going to get any better. My finances aren't going to get any better. And one, you live in America. Go get another job if you need one. But two, you serve God, the Almighty One, the creator of the heavens and earth. He formed you. He created you. He knew you before you were. He, he loves you. He's got a plan laid out for you. Paul said, I know how to be blessed. I know how to be poor. I can do both in Christ Jesus. So he establishes this oath. He establishes this covenant with us. It's a blood covenant. It's a covenant of love. It's a covenant that we didn't have to do anything for. All we have to do is walk in obedience and experience the reward and experience the life and love and laughter that is Christ. Well, Pastor, that's a simple message. It is. Jesus doesn't make it difficult. He knows we're all sheep. Sheep, by the way, are some of the dumbest animals there are. And all they have to do to do things right is follow the right leader. If you make Jesus the right leader in your life, you're going to be okay. It's not, it's not rocket science. And thank God for those who work at, you know, NASA. Thank God for those who graduate MIT and, and different places. God bless you for those things. But more blessed are those who follow Jesus with a pure and simple heart. Theirs is the kingdom of God. <laughs> what do you want? House in Beverly Hills or the kingdom of God? It's an amazing story God gives us. It's a great picture. It, 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 it's amazing. Let's go to verse, do we have verse number four? And here's, I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and will give to your offspring all these lands. And your offspring, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Some translations in Genesis, the 12th uh, chapter, some translations, not all, but some will say, and they shall be called blessed. Here he changes it to they will be blessed. It's like a done deal. It's kind of like when Isaiah says, and by his stripes you are healed. And Peter says, by, your, by his stripes you have been healed. So it's kind of a past tense. And so now we walk into, now we're walking into the blessing that God has for us. So we don't really even have to search for it. He'll open doors for you. If he says don't go, don't go. If he says go, go. If he says stay, stay. If he says run, run. If he says hide, hide. If he says those things in your life. But you need to know that as you walk through these things together, as a family, as an individual, as a home, as a church, as a body of believers, whatever, as you walk through those things, that it's okay to say I'm blessed. It's okay to say, I'm, I'm God's pouring his blessings out upon me. Why, why is that happening? It's not a bad thing to be blessed. It's a bad thing to hoard the blessings. It's a bad thing to not give the blessings away. It's a bad thing to not share where the blessings are coming from. It's a bad thing. So the Bible says, and we'll learn more as we, as we navigate through this, cha this chapter, but that then Isaac sowed in this land. Okay, there's a famine. He, he's going to go ahead and, and plant seed. He might be planting his last seed. He might be, he might be destitute like the, the widow woman. Uh, my uh, son and I are going to make my, our last cake, and then we're going to, we're going to eat it, and we're going to die. That's, like, that's a bad story. And then Elijah says, well, don't, don't make it for yourself. 
Sounds a little bit, don't make it for yourself, make it for me first, and then we'll see if you die or not. Like, you want to eat our only cake? Yeah, let me eat it. And then she goes and the, the oil never dries up. It just it keeps making and keeps making, keeps making. It's like we've been in that before. We've been in, in place, like we might need the hot dogs to manifest themselves today. We're not sure, the, all the hot dogs we bought. Everybody here, you, you get hot dogs. We're just going to pray that they just keep manifesting themselves and they, they keep pulling, they keep coming out of the steamer. Eat chili and onions, and we're just going to pray that. See, there, there, there's times in our life where we have to understand, but, but, but Isaac had to sow in that land. And so he, he stays where he's at. Just so a recap, he stays in the famine. He sows in the famine. What's that mean? He plants seed, all right? So we plant when we, when we don't have. We don't, it's easy to plant when you do have it. It's really hard to plant when you don't have it. He didn't have it. His seed was left. He planted uh, in the land. And let's go jump, let's jump to verse 12 just really quickly. And Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. The Lord blessed him. Now, now think about that for a second. Now, if, 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 if I was in church or God told me, let's use God for, come on back, worship team. Let's use God. Let's blame it on God. If God says, hey, Mark, I need, to give you a, I need you to give $1,000 today. We've already taken the offering, so don't worry about it. You give on your way out. We're very prayed for it. If God said, Mark, I need you to give $1,000 today, I would be like, okay, all right, God. I mean, yeah, yeah, whatever you need, I'll do it. If God said, Mark, if you give $1,000 today, I'm going to give you $100,000 in nine months how many of us would give $1,000 today? Well, all right. Maybe there's eight smart people in the house. <laughs> I'd give $10,000. I'd borrow it from Landon Barefoot and give $100,000. I'd do whatever I could to get as much money in there if I knew what God. So God says he operates by faith. If you feel like you're in a famine place, this is not about offering, by the way. This is about life. If you feel like you're in a famine place, you don't know what to do, listen and obey God's voice. If you listen and obey God's voice, he then blesses you. And yes, he will bless you through other people. Jesus said himself, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over what he caused men to give unto you. In other words, it may not fall just from heaven, but God's going to bless your socks off. The thing I learned about this chapter so far as I've studied it is Isaac had to have a great amount of patience. He stayed. He had to have a great amount of faith. He sowed. And he had a great amount of hope. He reaped. And if we do that in our life, if we do that with our kids or our grandkids, if we do that with our, our loved ones, if we do that with our, our, our churchgoers, the people that we attend community with, if we do that together, all of a sudden God's like, Man, he's happy. It's not that he's angry or mad. He's just, he loves those children that are obedient. Stand with me this morning. And, 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 so here, here's the deal. Just if, you, if, if you're okay, just close your eyes for a moment. I'm not going to ask you anything like crazy, but if you feel like, hey, 
Pastor, I've been in a famine. Like it could be a spiritual famine, it could be a financial famine, it could be a physical famine, it could be something you're just like walking in a famine. You know it. It feels like a desert, it feels like a waste place, it feels like your prayers are just bouncing off the ceiling. If you feel like you've been in a famine, just raise your hand so I can see it and, and let God thank you for those. Yeah, thank you for those hands. Absolutely. Yeah. Been, Pastor, I've been in a famine. That's all right. So let me just encourage you. I'm going to pray for you. We're going to sing one more song. Well, I'm going to encourage you. That might be right where God wants you. Like you're not, you're not done anything wrong. Like I said before, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, like the four main characters of, of, of our religious beliefs of Christianity all walk through a famine. Some of them were 70 years. In fact, they didn't even talk about a famine unless it lasted at least a year or two. So they all walk. You have, you're in good company. But listen to the voice of the Lord. Listen to God. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I just simply want to pray for you too. If you'll accept this prayer that I pray, render your heart to the Lord. God will make crazy things happen for you. He's an incredible God. It's been such a great journey since I turned my life over to the Lord. It's, it's a phenomenal experience just to be in his presence and, and to walk with him, to talk with him. He is my blessed assurance. He is, the, he is my hope. He is my salvation. He is, he's my guide. He is, he is my rewarder. Father, we pray right now for those who raise their hands and, and those who are contemplating you in their heart. Salvation, Lord, to just lost souls. And we pray today, Father, Lord, that you would uh, continue just to work on them as they grow in their relationship with you. Lord, if there's sin in our lives, we ask for forgiveness. We pray, Lord, that you would bring that redemptive part of you to us. We pray for those who raise their hand because they are in a famine, whether it's a spiritual famine or a financial famine, whether it's emotional or relational famine. God, we, we walk through these areas and, and, and we don't know that it's ordained by you or not, but we know that you're there with us. You are our security. You said you would be with us. So I pray you would be with those who raise their hand today. You, you would walk with them. Father, Lord, you would, you would talk with them. Lord, you would, you would share with them in their community, Father. God, we pray right now, Father, that you would open the floodgates, open the heavens right now, Father. Open the heavens right now, Father. Lord, let, the, let healing take place. Let miracles take place. Let, let forgiveness take place. Lord, if there's something in the heart of the person who raised their hand because they're in a famine, that something they're hanging on to, Lord, would you ask, Lord, would you ask the Holy Spirit just to reveal it to them, just by the power of the Holy Spirit? We don't, we don't need it revealed. Lord, you reveal it to them, God. You, you watch over them, Father. God, thank you, Lord, for, Lord, for America. Lord, uh, you have blessed us. Lord, help us to bless you back. Father, we pray. Jesus' name. Let's worship one more song. God bless you.
victory in Jesus. Amen. His promises are yes and amen. Whatever it is that he's promised to you, he is faithful to complete it to the end. He has not forgotten about you. He has not overlooked at you. The thing that you're struggling with in your past, that doesn't have to stop you anymore. There's a time in your life when you say, all right, God, you've given me this promise, like what Pastor talked about. Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. Or, or Joseph, you're going to be ruler, and they're all, your brothers and sisters are going to bow down to you. Or you've already been healed. And there's a time between when that promise happens and when that promise is received. And what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do in your life right now is to say, what are you going to do in that moment? How are you going to respond when you believe you've already been healed, but you can't quite express that and say, yeah, yeah, no, I'm feeling good today. Or when Abraham said, I'm going to be the father of many nations, but he doesn't have any kids. The response that God is looking for is faith. He says that it is impossible, without faith it is impossible to please God. So when you worship, when you lift up your hands tonight, this afternoon, this morning, whenever, and you say, God, you are my champion. Giants fall when you stand. And you got that giant in your bank account, and you're just like, all right, but I've got faith. Amen. And I'm going to listen, and I'm going to obey. It doesn't matter what my situation or my circumstances look like. It might be bottom of the ninth, and it looks like it's not looking good, but you have faith. And in your life, that's what I just want to encourage you with today. Just to say, you know what, God? I don't care what the situation looks like. My faith is in you. And the Word of God says, you are my healer. You are my provider. You are my victory. You are my peace. You are my righteousness. You are my banner. And so it doesn't matter what the world says. I'm going to look to you. And then one day, yes, that giant does fall. One day, yes, you do get that healing. One day, it all looks right, and you can share that testimony. But in the meantime, just have the faith. Amen? How many of you received that word today? That was a powerful message, and what a fitting song to close it with. Drew Dolphin's on the bass, everybody. Is that the bass you're playing? I thought it was electric guitar. I was like, no, this guy, four strings. That's good. Janie Dolphin's on the keys, everybody. She loves it. She loves playing the keys. And everybody, give the worship team a hand. All right. Um, if you are, before I, I'm going to bless the food and get you guys out of here so that you can fellowship. But maybe you're in that moment of, wow, my faith is shaken. And you need to agree with somebody in prayer this morning. We have people that are here to pray with you. And we just want to stand with you in prayer and agree for your miracle, for your blessing, for your uh, whatever it is that you're going through. So I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to pray for the food. Don't forget there's ice cream, too. 
Uh, and that's going to be inside just so the ice cream doesn't melt and the rest of the food is going to be outside. So get your food, get your ice cream. Don't feel like you have to rush out of this spiritual moment so that you can get ice cream. Get, come and get some prayer if you need that before you go as well. All right? Did you enjoy the day today? Did y'all have a good time? All right, let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to gather in your name. We thank you, Lord, for meeting us here. We thank you that our faith has risen. Lord, we thank you for the promises of God that are yes and amen. God, that if you said it, we believe it. Lord, we thank you for this country, United States of America. Lord, we pray that this country is going to bless you. Lord, we're Americans and we're blessing your name. Lord, some of us aren't Americans, but we're still blessing your name, God. All of us together. Let every nation just be glad and rejoice that you are the desire of the nations, that Jesus, you are the hope of the world, that all the earth is going to pr proclaim you, Lord. I pray that you bless the food, that you would do miracles and bring nourishment to our bodies through it all, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Happy Independence Day weekend. Have a great fellowship. Meet somebody you don't know. for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.